Instagram or something. So, uh, so we've been working really hard on that. So, anyway, thank, thank you guys for being here, uh, all of you, and, and you that are watching online. Uh, but this this scripture, this particular scripture, and this, especially this narrative, this this story here, I'll be honest with you, it's been one of my favorite stories. Um, I've been reading on it and, and reading on it again and again. I try to read scripture and I, I just don't want to, I'm not showboating, I'm not showing off, but, but I want you to be smart as well. So I share my techniques with you. And I, most of the techniques don't come from me originally. If they are, trust me, I'll give myself credit. Hey man, and pat me in the back, you know, anytime, anytime I can do that, I, I will. So, but most of the, most of the stuff, techniques and stuff that I read, how I go, approach the scriptures is by some very smart theologians, smart doctors of the church. And these people are smart. They've been reading the Bible for a long time. And so we just don't want to be a lot of dum-dums running around. And man, we want to be smart. I want smart Christians. Amen. I want Christians that are dis disciplined. There's a word, disciplined. Let's all say it together, discipline, with a smile. Let's say it again, discipline, amen? Uh, usually discipline and smile don't go together. Christy, Christy's been, she knows what I'm talking about. Christy, she's lost. I think we, she, and you know, this morning she lost a pound. I, I, how she did, she was sleeping and she lost a pound. I need that. I don't know how that happened. And so yesterday she hadn't lost anything and then she was sleeping somehow and she lost a pound. I don't know how that happened. So, <laughs> so she got up. She was screaming and yelling. I'm like, what happened? She goes, I've lost a pound. I'm like, wow, that is awesome. Well, I gained a pound, I guess. Uh, and so, but discipline, Christy's been, so you've lost. And we, we were looking at a picture from, from that time to now, over 40 pounds, right? 33, but from that time, over 50 pounds at a, at, a, at a like seven years ago and so it takes discipline to do that and and i'm going to tell you i'm going to tell you now now i'll be honest i've been drinking pepsi i, I think i've drank one or two uh and, and jonathan our boss our our, our uh, facility manager here he actually bought me a coat because i was doing real good he's like hey i'm gonna buy you a coat I'm like, I think I deserve a Coke, man. I think I need a Coke. Like, hurry up. Give me the Coke right now. I need it. It was one of those days. It was one of those days where you just, you just work. It was hot, and we were outside enjoying the breeze, and, uh, and I had a Coke. But, but I've had less, less of it. It's discipline. And so uh, that's something that, that Christians, we, we have to, we have to uh, uh, develop that in our hearts. Is, is some disciplines in our lives. And that's why I've been talking about communion because I would like to have communion. I would love to have communion every Sunday, but not lose the meaning, not lose the impact, not lose the picture, not lose the story. I, don't, I just don't want you to get up and say, well, it's another Sunday. I got to go to church and we'll have communion and so on. I, 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 want, you, I want you to be disciplined. I want you to be uh, just so involved in the story of the gospel that you're excited to get up every day. And especially on Sundays because we get to come together and partake, yeah. <laughs> partake of the, of the wine and the bread, something that Christ instituted and the church carried it through. Yeah. See, you know why I'm excited today? 
because I just don't see the few here. Do you know that today, Sunday, starting from like yesterday sometime, some morning, like in Australia somewhere, all through the night, all through the day, I'm talking about from deserts of Africa to indigenous part, you know, places in South America to, to caves somewhere in Japan and China, some of those communist countries, Iran and Iraq. Do you know that 2.2 billion Christian people have been worshiping the Lord and some of them partook of the bread and the wine in their worship services? That's why I'm excited today because I, I know that behind me, this race that I'm running, this walk that I'm in, it ha it's not a thing that is some, you know, some little small thing in a corner. Listen, there's two points. It's growing. The Christianity, it's still growing. Listen, it's not popular to go to Iran and be a missionary. Like, you don't, you don't become a missionary, you know, because you just want a good picture to put on Instagram and to say, well, here I am, you know, feeding the hungry. No, you don't go to Iran. But do you know, do you know that there's thousands of Iranians that are coming to Christ Jesus? How is that happening? I don't know. It's not on Facebook. It's not on Instagram. Come on. The Spirit of God is moving. He's doing something awesome and great among us. That's the story that we're part of. Something shook me this week. And did you guys watch the news of the Florida, the building? Something that someone said, I believe it was one of the mayors there from around the area. He said something that shook me, and I, 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 I get what he's saying, so please, please don't read too much into this. But he said something that shook me because he said, watch, and, and I think you'll get what I'm saying, so please don't, don't read too much into it, okay? Don't go too much into conspiracy because I know it's already there. I mean, me and Christy, it's a conspiracy already flying off the wall. Nope. No building falls straight down. Listen, I'm not an expert. I'm going to stick with the scriptures, okay? But there's something that a, mayor, that a mayor said. He said, buildings don't fall in America. And it's just been kind of like a, like, a, like a slogan thing. I, I turned CNN. Guess what they said? Buildings just don't fall in America. Turned to Fox News. Buildings just don't fall in America. I turned it to CBS this morning, Good CBS uh, morning, this, this morning, this morning. Buildings just don't fall in America. Something inside here, don't read too much into it, but something in here, check me, really? They don't? <laughs> well, just taking it as what I've received from the news, there's been some studies done there for some of the universities surrounding that area that it's shaking, it's a shaky foundation. And it's been deteriorating at a, at a great danger. There, and there was warning given already to some of these people. There was warning, hey, this is a shaky ground. Your foundation is shaky. There has to be some type of stabilization. So they were working on stabilizing this foundation. Buildings fell in America this weekend. It, it, what a reality. What a reality. That, that sometimes, sometimes, that's why I love Sundays. That's why I love the Spirit of God when we allow Him to check us. And that's why I'm coming to you every week this year 
and I'm throwing this word out, rhythm. That the church has to be part of your rhythm. That, that prayer has to be part of your rhythm. That reading the scriptures has to be part of your rhythm. That worship, whether Joe is there or not, whether Chris is there with his keyboard or not, worship has to be part of your rhythm. It's something you don't just do on Sunday morning. It's something that you do every day. Your fellowship with God, there, there has to be rhythm. There has to be rhythm. And so I'm just, I just want to talk from my heart. I want to talk from my heart just for a few minutes. And that's why we're going to go back to these scriptures again. I know I talked just a little bit about it last week, but I want to I show you something here that is at work that I, that I just seen this week. That I just seen this week. And, and I'm, I misinterpreted some scriptures for a long time or I didn't read them correctly, and I was looking again, and usually what I do, this is one of the tricks that I do, when I see a scripture that I like or a, a story that I like, I like to read it about a hundred times, just over and over and over, and instead of going over here and cross-referencing and going seeing what this theologian said, what this pastor said, and go on YouTube and, and .com, Bible, you know, Bible.com, and go all these places, I go to this story, and I read it, and I read it, and I read it, and I read it, and I read it again, until something just pops up, and I said, there it is. There it is. That's what, that's what I've been looking for. And you know, how many of you guys have ever read a scripture? And then you go read it again a year later, and you're thinking, my goodness, this scripture is still speaking to me. Well, the word of God is living, it's powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing through the heart, the morals, the soul, piercing through your spirit, dividing the truth huh, with shaking, amen, with things that are not stable. And so this is the story. Watch this. Now the same day, Two of them were on their way to a village called Emmaus. This is Luke chapter 24, verse 13. We got it here in our magic, magic screen right behind me. Luke 24, verse 13. Now that same day, two of them were on their way to a village called Emmaus. Seven journey. This is a seven miles from Jerusalem. Listen to this. Seven miles to Jerusalem. Together they were discussing everything that had taken place and while they were discussing and arguing Jesus himself came near and began to walk along with them but they were prevented from recognizing him but they were prevented from recognizing him but they were prevented from recognizing him, arguing and discussing, and Jesus came along the way, and they were prevented from recognizing him. And when he asked them, what is this dispute that you're having with each other as you are walking? And they stopped walking, and they, they looked discouraged. The one named Cleopas answered him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that have happened there these days? What things? He asked them. And they, and, and they said to him, The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, powerful in action and in speech, before God and all people, and how your chief priests and leaders handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. 
but we were hoping. There's the discouragement. They were hoping, or we were hoping, that he was the one who was about to redeem Israel. It's a redeeming story. These Jewish people were looking for redemption. It is a redemption story. It is a great rescue story. When we come to this table, it is a rescue story. Well, besides all this, it is the third day since these things have happened. Moreover, some of the women from our group astounded us. They, were, they had arrived early at the tomb, and when they, had, they didn't find his body, they came and reported that they had seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. <laughs> some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it as the women had said, but they didn't see him. He said to them, how foolish and slow you are to believe all the prophets who have spoken. Wasn't it necessary for the Messiah to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted for them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. What do you see when you read the Bible? Well, we just see what Jesus sees when he reads his Bible. <laughs> Look at verse 28. They came near to the village where they were going, and he gave them the impression that he was going a little further. But they urged him, stay with us because it is almost evening, and now the day is almost gone. So he went in to stay with them. It was as he reclined at the table, pay, 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 pay close attention to this. It was as he reclined at the table with them that he took the bread. He blessed the bread and he broke it and he gave it over to them. Verse 31, their eyes were open and they recognized him, but he disappeared from their sight. And they said to one another, weren't our hearts burning with us while he was talking with us on the road and explaining the scripture to us? Wasn't our hearts on fire when he was talking about Moses and the prophets? Wasn't our hearts on fire while he was burning, while he, while he was reading or explaining the scripture to us? That very hour they got up, returned to Jerusalem. Listen, that very hour. Seven miles. So that very hour, they returned to Jerusalem. They found the 11 and those who with them gathered together who said, the Lord real, truly been raised and has appeared to Simon. Then they began to describe what had happened on the road and how he was made known to them. Watch this. In the breaking of the bread. Then he was taken up. Thank you, Joe. And so I want to look for just for a few, a few moments here, the scriptures concerning communion. I want you to pay attention to these verses, especially verse 16, because this, this happened to me. And I want to, I, want to, I want to show you just exactly how it happened as I'm reading the scriptures. Am I doing anything wrong? Is it me? Okay, thank you. As I'm reading the, the scriptures, look at verse 16. 
if you have your Bibles, or, or maybe Nick can put it here, but they were prevented from recognizing him. They were prevented from recognizing him. And here's where a lot of this, here's where a lot of outside theologians starts to speak to give reasons to why this is taking place. I used to think that they had a heart problem. Anytime I came to the scriptures, I always preach, well, it's a heart issue. And don't get me wrong, it is a heart issue. It is a heart issue. But what is Christ trying to do here as he's coming to his disciples? This is especially strategic. You've got to know that this is planned. This is, this, this is something that Christ didn't do out of the whim. <laughs> well, I think I'll just go over here to this road in Mass and see who's walking down the road. No, this is purposely done by Christ. This is purposely done on, on, on mission to come to these people that are discouraged. And so, and some even say, well, it's their faith because the scripture says, you know, Jesus rebukes them for their unbelief. He says that they are slow to believe. So it must be their faith. So then some people come and they say, like me, they got a heart issue. <laughs> and, and possibly so. And then you got some that come and say, well, it's a faith issue. You see, they didn't have the faith in Christ and why they couldn't recognize him. But then I, I continue to read the scriptures and, and I don't really think that's what it is. I don't really think that's what it is. And I want to I wanna show you here just for a little while. Number one, these people were, were contemplating. Have you, ever, have you ever contemplated concerning your faith? The Bible says that together they were discussing everything that had taken place. And that while they were discussing and arguing, Jesus himself came near. I want you to see here this morning just a little bit different of some of the questions that arise because I think sometimes we think that, that we can't ask questions as Christians, that Christ might be intimidated, that God might, you know, maybe not answer our phone call because you finally have come up with a question that he can't answer after billions of years and after billions of people of asking questions, you are finally the one that has the hardest question and God is really intimidated by your question. So he's just going to turn himself in and maybe turn the other way. <laughs> Have you been there? Or how about a prayer? Have you ever gone to God? Have you ever gone to God and, and, and you're like, you're just, you're praying and then just by you praying, it just is overwhelming you. I mean, the situation is so over overwhelming, and now because you're passionate over it, it's concerning you, it makes you cry, you know, you, it, it, it's taking your energy, and by you praying, you're just sitting there, and you're just like, well, my gosh, and this thing is overtaking me, guess how he feels, and then there's seven billion people that are praying to God, and mine is just another prayer on top of their prayers. You ever been there? But I want you to notice here in the scriptures that, well, they were in contemplation and discussing and arguing. Jesus comes alongside of them because, listen, every road in our lives has questions. <laughs> I love that about the Bible, that it has words like this. It doesn't exclude people that are struggling with their faith. It doesn't exclude people that die. 
like Lazarus. I love that there are sad stories in the scriptures like this, stories that are dark, stories that, 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 are, that are a little elusive to us sometimes when we first read it, but after a little bit of time, we, get, I, 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 we begin to see what Christ is trying to do, and this is what I wanted to happen here today, this Sunday before we leave. I want what happened on this road to happen to you. So the next time when we come to church, it's not just a regular meal. You get to see something that the church has done, instituted, because it was a discipline in the church, because we want strong Christians in the church. The only way that America is going to be sustained is by a strong community of Christians. Oh, no amens at all at this Baptist church. I told Linda that we're Southern Baptists. She's Southern Baptist, by the way. And, and so, amens, anyone? Amen. <laughs> I, me and Dustin were talking yesterday. I said, Dustin, what's your denomination? He goes, man, I was Baptist, but boy, I just love the Bible. I get that. I get it. I get it. I'm just following Jesus. <laughs> I get that. But there has to be, there has to be a strong foundations and we cannot have the mentality that buildings don't fall in America. That just doesn't happen to me. Ricky, you just called me about your, your uncle passing away. Who had cancer and who we've been praying for. What did we do? We just cried. We're sad over it. And we rejoice over it. We know. We know. Did we want him to die? Did we want him to be cured of this cancer? Of course, bro. Of course. Huh? He's cured. I mean, no better cure than to, to walk in the presence of the Lord. We just, we just can't, we can't have a presumption. See, that's what they, these people were doing. They had, a, they had a presumption of who Christ should be. Listen, the, the worst thing that you can do is make God some, some type of cookie cutter. That was, that, 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 they missed Christ. You know why? Because, because the Jews wanted to, Keep him in a box, the temple. Huh? What Jesus wanted to do, he wanted to come beside us. He wanted to come beside us. Now listen, listen. So the first thing that, he, that we see in the scriptures, the first thing that we see is contemplation. These people are arguing. The second thing, these people were confused. Watch, the one named Cleopas Verse, verse 18 through 24 says, one end, are, you, are you the only visitor in Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that had happened there in these days? What things, he asked. He says, concerning this Jesus of Nazareth, who was the prophet, powerful in action and speech, before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed it over to be sentenced to death. Can you imagine putting your whole faith in, 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 into this Messiah? Can you imagine 
Can you imagine you're putting your whole faith into Christ? He is finally the one. He looks like it. He acts like it. He does great deeds. He, he speaks marvelously. He has authority. There is no one like the Messiah. Can you imagine? And then right before your eyes, he's taken from you and he's on the cross. The worst thing that we can do is have a presumptuous faith. I know there's extremism in this. I know there's extremism in this, but, but, but I, I, I have to leave you in the hands of God and trust enough that you will give yourself over to the Lord in all circumstance, in all situations, and realize that you have a loving Father. That no matter what happens in your life, no matter what changes in your life, no matter who goes and who comes, who's talking about you, who's not talking to you this day, and who doesn't you know, give you props on Facebook, like Peyton this weekend. She gave everybody props, but she didn't give me no props at all. I'm just kidding, Peyton. I'm just picking on you. <laughs> that he is still a good God. You have never heard from this pulpit that all situations are good. This is what you heard from this pulpit, that God is a good God. And though all situations may not be good, and you may not love the things that you're going through, it doesn't change who he is. It is a wrong thing to walk the road of Emmaus and have a presumptuous faith. This, ladies and gentlemen, here, verse 16, it is, it is, I believe, I believe that it is divine done by the Spirit of God. They were prevented from recognizing him. Not because they had a heart issue. Not because, uh, you know, uh, uh, they had a faith issue. No, this is something that Christ has orchestrated. I wonder what Christ is working on you right now. What things you're struggling with, what things you're battling with, and you think, you think, well, it's just the enemy. I wonder if it's God. He's trying to take you to a place of fellowship. See, that's what we do sometimes as Pentecostals. You know what we used to do? Everything was the devil, Linda. Everything is the devil. I got a a flat tire, that lying devil. Chris, am I right or wrong? Huh? It it wasn't that the devil blew up my tire. You've been driven that tire for over a million miles. My God, they're bald. They're going to go flat. I remember one, one day when we were a kid, me and my mom, my mom's probably watching. I'm going to get in trouble. Sorry, mom. <laughs> we had a station wagon. You guys, you guys ever watched uh, the Karate Kid, the station wagon, the Karate Kid station wagon? Okay, remember when he went and picked up his, his girlfriend and, and, and it broke down? Huh? They had to push it. Do you know that that scene, that's, that very scene is, it, me and Christy leave that. She lived up on a hill. She was rich. She was white. I'm, I'm this little scrawny guy. I'm not Italian, but I was Mexican. We had a station wagon. I had my mom, you know, she was single. And we go to pick her up on the station wagon. Do you know that that thing died in front of her and God? <laughs> How embarrassing. You know what I was thinking in, at that time when the station wagon, when that station wagon broke? I said, that lying devil, he's just trying to ruin my date with Christy. And so we blamed the devil. We, my mom should have put oil. I should have learned to put oil on the car. It was just lack of oil. 
I wonder what things that you're struggling with, that you're going through, that you're not having a good time with, and you're thinking it's something that is orchestrated by the devil, but it might be God, because he's trying to take you to a place where you can see him clearly. So what are you repelling (laughs) that God wants to not only only invite you to to take that journey with him, but he wants to invite himself into that same journey that you're on. So that's what they're doing. They're contemplation. There's confusion there. And then then there's a time of confirmation. I want to tell you here this morning that time of confirmation is coming. I love these days. I don't like days of confusion. I don't like days that that I'm, I'm, I'm questioning my faith and I'm questioning who I am as a father, as a dad, as a husband. I don't like those days when I'm not in control. Oh, I love when Orlando Garcia is in control. Oh, I'm powerful and strong. And I look really good. I take selfies that day, you know. (laughs) And I put them on Facebook because I'm really confident about who I am. So today I'm feeling really confident. How many of you guys seen those pictures? I'm looking very confident and cute, and here's my picture. But then other days when you think you're ugly and and you're too overweight and you're missing, you know, hair, but you got it in the wrong places, I was on my way. I told Kristen, my hair's growing out of my ear, babe. It's out of control. (laughs) In the name of Jesus, hair from here, come over here now. I don't think it's going to work. But listen, I don't like those days. I don't like those days when I am not in control. I don't like those days when, when I don't feel cute and beautiful and confident about who I am as a father, as a husband, as an employee or, or a worker. That, and I don't do well at the end of the week, you know, as a co-worker. I haven't really been the light like I should be because I've lost my temper. Maybe I yelled, maybe I screamed, maybe I just walked off, maybe, maybe, I, maybe I called in or something because I had a hard day and I didn't want to put up with anything. Well, listen, listen, those days are not always prolonged by God. God always knows how to turn things around. But he needs to allow things to come into our life because our perspective is off. And whether it's your faith or your heart, or, or, or maybe it's just your heart, you know, your hard head, God, will, God is so loving that he won't leave you as you are. That's a true love of God. That's the true love of God. So you know what? Times of confirmation. Look at what the scripture says in verse 27. Uh, times of confirmation. It says, in the beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted for them. Listen, who did the interpretation? Jesus did the interpretation. Allow Jesus to interpret the situation, the circumstance that is going on in your life. It is when you take circumstances and situations and you take control out of them, then God can't be who he is. Do you know that the, the, the job of God, of the universe, is already taken? There's no applications to be God <laughs> over the universe. It's already filled. And he's a loving father. And so what we have to do, we have to allow God to come alongside of us, the circumstance that we're going through, and he will walk with us. I love this journey because he goes on the journey with them. And then look at what the scripture says. It was as he reclined at the table, he went into their situation. He went with him. 
he, he explained to them. He opened to them. They, these people were discouraged. These people were despondent. These people had high hopes on him, not realizing the scriptures. But you know what he does? He doesn't rebuke them. He doesn't, uh, you know, says, you're weak Christians. No, he comes alongside of them. And in verse 30 says that he reclined with them at the table. You know what that is? He actually laid down with them. And he took the initiative, I love this, he takes the initiative, he said, watch this, he is invited as a guest into a house. And now Jesus, as a guest, takes the initiative to take control of the situation, and he breaks bread and wine with them. You don't come into this church months ago, you're going to love this story here. Months ago, I saw Christy was worshiping, didn't Christy sing, I'm, I'm telling you, I... I tell you, and it's hard for me as a husband because I'm worshiping the Lord with one eye, and then one eye I'm looking at my wife. You know, I'm like, anyways, she's gonna kill me for that one. <laughs> and so, anyways, I'm worshiping the Lord, and I look down. I'm looking at Christy, and she has her eyes closed. And I notice uh, usually uh, Cindy and of course Winnie, and all of them had their eyes open. Joe had his eyes open. <coughs> Excuse me. And Chris had his eyes open. Christy's over there with her eyes closed. I, I, I like to engage. I'm a relationship person. I'm not scared of any type of relationship. <laughs> and and, 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 and I, I'm, 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 I'm open. And so, so Christy, uh, she had her eyes closed. And I says, well, she's not engaging in our work. She's not engaging the, con the congregation. She needs to ha have her eyes open. So as a pastor, after church, I'm going to go to her, and I'm going to tell her, Christy, during worship, you need to have your eyes open a little bit more. You need to engage with the congregation. So open your eyes. What a pastor full of passion and wants to change the world, don't I? <laughs> you know what the Lord, I mean, immediately as I thought run through my my head, words, I was speaking in, I'm not really loud, but I was just like, yeah, I think I will. I think I'll have that little meeting with her. I just, you know, she has to be more engaged. Open your eyes, Christy, just like that. Just open your eyes, be more engaged. You know what the Lord said? She ain't worshiping you. She ain't worshiping the congregation. <laughs> you leave her alone because she is worshiping me. And, and so, so, so I said, Lord, you're right. This is your house. <laughs> this is your house. This is your place. This belongs to you. I know that during the week, you know, five to six, seven days a week sometimes, this place is an education center. But just for a few moments on a Sunday, this place becomes a place of worship. This is where we have selected. This is where church is like down rents to create a place for people that want to come to worship, people that want to come and praise and hear this preacher preach. They can come to a place like this. We can turn the air on. We can have fancy, you know, light. Okay, two lights. But we can have lights. We can have some nice music. Joe singing. Chris and Winnie. And we can, we can all together, we can worship the Lord. But, all, but, but above all that, this is his place. You don't come to church. I don't come to church and impute or impose my opinion on his house. 
He imposes himself on me. That's how true change comes. Not when we have a preconceived, pre-cut out plan and how we're going to manage our faith, but it's when we are giving ourselves over to the Lord and says, Lord, there are circumstances and situations that I just don't understand right now. Can you please help me? You'll see that he'll come alongside of you to help you in your circumstance and your situation because there's nothing that you're going through that he's ashamed. Oh, you're ashamed of it, but he's not. We develop these little Christian Christianese. God is still working on me. Well, those are the things that you don't want nobody else to hear. So you Christianize it. You, you dress it really good. God is still working on me. <laughs> and I was thinking about that. Do you think that I went after church? And you know what I did after church? I told Christy, I said, man, Christy, I saw you. And I, and I said, but you know what the Lord said? You leave her alone. She's worshiping me. You don't come to church. You don't come to church to tell God what to do. You come to church so God can tell you what to do. We need his wisdom again. We need his wisdom. But this situation's a little, little different. This is not God's house. This is their house. He's an invited guest. And Jesus, as an invited guest, he takes the initiative, he takes the bread, he takes the wine, he reclines, and he does something that he is accustomed to doing before people and his disciples. And during this time, watch this, during their time of them being prevented from recognizing him, during the time of their burning heart, their discouragement, their disbelief, Something is happening right before their eyes that Jesus did on a continual basis. And it was at that time, this is what the scripture says, verse 35. It was at that time, uh, at the time of the breaking of the bread, that he was made known to them. So many things that are going on. So many things going on in our lives. Have you seen how rapid life can be? How rapid things can happen? How fast lives can, life can change from moment to moment? We have so, many, so much information coming over the airwaves. We got apps on our phones. We don't even have to go home on a Sunday afternoon and watch television in our living rooms. No, you can go to your bedroom. You can get your phone out, and you can... You can you know, subscribe to your favorite app and just start watching what you've been, been watching for a week. It can come right there to your bed as you're laying down. There's so much information that is coming. Listen, we need to keep priorities straight. We need to keep Christ straight. We need to keep the church and our worship and our patterns and how we do things concerning Christ and how we communicate with him. We need to keep it, here's the word, at a rhythm, at a rhythm. So there was some confirmation. There was some celebration. Verse 32, they said to each other, weren't our hearts burning? Wasn't it burning? Now listen, this is, this is what, what I want to get to you. When, when you see these scriptures here, don't think about hearts burning like how we got preached to Winnie, Pentecostal burning. Think about it more like this. Now we like to talk about the fire without information. But think about this. Think about this. 
Jesus is preaching the scriptures to them. And as Jesus is preaching the scriptures to them, this is what they say. Their heart was burning. Think about it this way. Remember the little picture or the picture that we have uh, of a light bulb over a person's head? This is what's going on here. This is not talking about Pentecostal burning. This is talking about knowledge burning. Did I make sense? Did you guys all get that? It's, it's, it's not the, the, the zeal that, that how I preach here. A, a lot of people would think that I'm preaching real good because I'm really, <laughs> well, he's really theatrical. He moves his hands and his voice up and down and, and he shows jokes and people would go home and, and, and miss the whole sermon, but just would be intrigued with my theatrics and think it's good sermon because he spits. <laughs> That's never been <laughs> the gauge to a good sermon, ladies and gentlemen. It's been the truth that's been said. And this is what's happening here. Jesus is saying the truth that they do not understand, though they live with the scriptures for thousands and thousands of years. And now Jesus has to reiterate the story of the Bible to say, hey, guys, I'm right here. I'm right here. <laughs> and so what is happening, now is the time of celebration. Because the Bible, the Bible is being opened to them. And it's all being led to this little common practice that Jesus did. I, I wonder what would happen if we would be more alert to some of the common practices that the church has lost. If we were doing more in a consecutive, in a consecutive uh, basis, that we wouldn't wait just for Sunday. That Sunday is not the only day you open your Bible. That Sunday is not the only day that you worship. That Sunday is not the only day that you communicate with God and ask God for things. That when bad things happen, it's not the only time that you're on your knees. That when sad things, sad situations, or you need God for something, that that's not the only time. Kind of like a spare tire. No one ever pays attention to the spare tire. You don't even, now you got a flat, you're on the side of the road, and you don't, know, you don't even know where the thing's at. Do I even have a flat tire? <laughs> I mean, a spare tire? Do I even have the right equipment to change my tire? Wait a minute, do I even know how to change a tire? Most people today, most men today, it's embarrassing. Most men can't even change a tire. Christy knows how to change a tire. I don't know how many times I've had to pull over to some... <laughs> I better just keep my mouth shut. But anyways, I've helped, I've helped guys change tires. And they're just sitting there like it's some big old science thing. And I'm like, well, dude, you should have learned this back in the sixth grade. <laughs> but, but, I, but, I, but, I, but I wonder what, what things that as Christians, come here, Joe, that, 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 that we, can, we can adopt back into our lives like communion that, that can have impact. Because communion is not something that you do for God. 
Communion is something that he's done for you, for your benefit, for your rhythm of your life. Do this in remembrance of me. Do this even as the day approaches. Do this. Proclaim this. You do this. So this is not something that we do for him or that he's done that, that something that, that we do for God. This is something that we do for him so we can be connected to him and not lose our proximity from him. I love this. Listen, a time of confidence. It says that very hour they got up, they returned to Jerusalem, they found the 11, a seven-mile journey. They told Jesus, it's late, stay with us. But they're so excited. Watch this. They're so excited. It says, the Lord has truly been raised and he has appeared to Simon. And they began to describe what had happened to them on the road. They're so excited. They go on this seven mile, though it's late, probably dark. Late in the evening. At least six in the evening. The sun is probably setting, but they're so excited of what's happened in their life that they can't wait till the next day. It says that very same hour, they return to Jerusalem together with the 12 and confirm what everybody was talking about. I love this. I love that this today's scriptures had questions in it. I love that today's scriptures had arguments in it. I love that today's scriptures had contemplation and that there was people that were foolish. <laughs> that there was people that were, that were hopeless. I love the scriptures. And this is what this is about. This is what this is about. It's just not victory. It's not just a rescue. This is the answer to all our problems. When we come to church, when we gather together, we are reminded again and again and again through picture form. Of what Christ has done for us. And if you're wondering today, God knows what I'm going through. Here it is. God, have you ever been lonely? God, have you ever been thirsty? God, have you ever been hungry? God, have you ever been persecuted? God, have people ever talked about you? Have people ever left you? God, have people turned their back on you? Here it is. Here's the message that America needs to hear. Here's the message that needs to be preached to the church again. Don't get me wrong. We've gone to counselors, Christy and I. We've gone to people that could help us. Don't get me wrong. But listen, my first, I love what our counselor, our marriage counselor, when we were having problems, I love what he said. He sat across from us as we're paying $125 every session or $150 for every session. And he looked back at us. He says, listen, I can only do so much with knowledge. But Christ can only bring the true change to the marriage that you need. I said, Josh, can our marriage be saved? He said, it all depends on you, how you will allow God to do what he needs to do in your heart. I've seen worse cases than you come back and be restored. So this morning, I just want to challenge you. As you bow your head and close your eyes, and you're thinking about your own circumstances and your own situation in your life,
I don't want it to happen, really, I don't. But what if our economy doesn't regain like, like it should? What if another strand, worse than the one that just went through and we go through another season? What if you lose your job? What if, I just need to ask this question because listen, somebody just said buildings don't fall in America yet we know the truth. Listen, listen to me. I, I know what he's talking about. Don't, don't get me wrong. I just want to take that question and, 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 question, and, and just kind of push on it just a little bit. Really? Buildings don't fall in America? Think about Joplin. They, they just celebrated 10 years. Buildings don't fall in America? Think about Oklahoma. <laughs> Think about some of these towns that are flooded here. Just this weekend, they got flooded. Think about the trees. Think about how, how people's lives have been, have been changed by a moment, just by wind, by some type of act of nature. What they, you know, just something happened. I don't want these things to happen, but sometimes when these things do happen... I need to make sure that my life is in rhythm, not to please the pastor, not so you, I can give a, a good head count at the end of the week that we had great people, you know, we're, we're growing at the church, no, so, so you can have rhythm in your life, so when situations and circumstances do come, you're not discouraged, you're not despondent, you're not, you're, 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 you're asking the right questions. You're not questioning the character of God. There's nothing wrong with asking questions, but when you're questioning the character of God, then listen, my brother and my sister, you're in, a wrong, you're in a wrong place. You can ask God questions, but you cannot question His character. You've got to have rhythms in your life so when situations do come, they don't get you to that place. See, I'm trying to help you here this morning with your Christian walk. I wonder what it is. Come on, Joe, what do you see?
I traded trust for pleasure and diamonds for fool's gold. I made the world my treasure, but it underpriced my soul. And a whisper through the numbness, a Father, we worship you, Lord. We give you glory. Maybe, maybe you've lost your way. Just for conscience sake. You know, sometimes our conscience even battles our, our faith with our spirit, man. So sometimes it's good to, to say out loud or even to pray and say, God, forgive us. I lost my way. <laughs> I allowed the outside to come on the inside. And it's changed my perspective. It's, it is, it, it has been a... It has been a, a walk of discouragement. It has been a walk of contemplation and confusion. But you, God, you have made it a road of teaching and show me how merciful and how graceful you are. So Lord, help me to change my perspective on this road that I'm at. You're not trying to punish me. You're not trying to bring bad things to me so you can teach me a lesson. No, you're using these bad things to turn it around, to turn my circumstance, to change my heart, to change my mind. Sometimes to even break me, though I don't like the breaking. I love the mending. I love the healing. I love the manifestation. So with that in mind, God, I, I, I welcome you to come because I've lost my way. I did it my own way, and I've lost myself. I've lost my way, Father. So I want to come back to you. There's no better way than to do it. Can you stand with me just, just for a minute? There's no better way than, than to connect with the God who loves us and cares for us. And we, when we are taking communion, I'm just not inviting you to a meal. I'm, in, I'm inviting you to a story that's been played out through the centuries that has changed empires, nations, countries. <laughs> it's changed people. It's changed people. 
take a little time. Father, we worship you. Beautiful song, Joe. Thank you for choosing that song. As we prepare today, we prepare our hearts, Father. As we listen to the scriptures and we listen to your word, many of them were listening to what you were saying above my voice. You were pricking and you were picking and you were pointing out the things that you want to deal with that we've been trying to repel, but you've been trying to compel us to allow you to join us in that journey, to allow you to, <laughs> to join us on that journey. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. And so what Jesus did, it's recorded in the scriptures, all four gospels, well, th three gospels explicitly. Three gospels ex explicitly talk about communion. The Thanksgiving meal, Passover, the rescue. We're going to continue that rest. We're going to continue that rescue. We're going to continue that, that story. So Jesus takes the bread and he takes the cup and he holds it up and he takes this long tradition and Jewish festivities. <laughs> wow. And he doesn't leave a book. He doesn't leave a building. He doesn't say, hey, Peter, go ahead and build the building that you wanted to build. Remember at the tower? Because I'm about to go and I want to leave a building. No, he doesn't do that. He doesn't instruct anybody to write a book, go write a Bible. No, he gave them a meal. Before, this, the, before the 27 documents, he gave them a sacrament, a New Testament. The New Testament, before it was a book, it was a sacrament. They called the 27 the New Testament books. They called them New Testament because of the proximity to the real testament, the meal. So what the early church fathers did, they called, when they gathered the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Bible that we read, the New Testament, they, they said, well, let's call that the New Testament because of, a, because of how close it was. You see, and then you see one of the things that you were able to see in John and in, in Luke chapter 24, Jesus explained to them the scriptures and then he gave them the bread. Do you, did you see how we do church? What do we do? We preach and then I'm give you the bread, just like Jesus did it. As a matter of fact, if you go to the Catholic church, guess what the Catholic church does? They preach and then they call you up to the Eucharist, the Thanksgiving meal. <laughs> We're not alone in this thing, man. <laughs> so don't be discouraged today. You are not alone. You, we come from a long, long tradition. Don't be afraid of the church in America. Listen, there ain't no government that's going to shut the church in America. Not overnight, ladies and gentlemen. Come on. Come on. <laughs> come on. Don't be afraid. Don't get carried away with all kinds of conspiracy theories and la-da-da-da-da, yada-da-da-da. Listen. This is lasted. <laughs> Hitler said, I'll take Christianity right out of Germany. The guy didn't even last 500 days. 
where's Hitler at today? <laughs> where's the gospel being preached in Germany? Come on, somebody. Woo! Stalin. I mean, the list goes on and on of dictators that are trying to take. I'm, I'm trying to get, I'm trying to find you somewhere to be encouraged. Are you encouraged? <laughs> be encouraged today. So Jesus takes the bread, he takes the wine, he invites the people to come, and he says, I want you to take. So will you join with that? Will you join with that long tradition of taking the bread? Come on, take the bread with me right now. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Come on, Joe, will you see? Come on. But I reach the gate. Thank you, Jesus. For you come running to me. All the words I rehearse for days. Thank you, Jesus. Just fall at your feet. Lord, I So after they took the bread that represented the flesh of our Christ, he takes the cup, and you can go look it up. There, there's just so much into it, really. It, it'd be hard to preach on a Sunday morning. But it's what they call the Thanksgiving cup. There was four cups. And, and he takes the Thanksgiving cup. It's in Hebrews. And so he takes the, the Thanksgiving cup, he holds it up, and he says, this is my blood of the New Covenant or the New Testament. I'm inviting you to it through my blood. No longer a sacrifice at the temple, no longer a lamb being slaughtered on the altar, but I myself am stepping in <laughs> as that long-awaited Messiah that becomes the Lamb of God and spills the blood. And Christ spills his blood to rescue you, to forgive you, to cleanse you, to redeem you. And so will you do that with that long tradition? Will you take the cup? Come on, Joe. Come on, take the cup with me. Thank you, Jesus.